I'm Marian Walter. You're listening to the Staking Mondays podcast here on Staking Rewards. My extra special guests this week are Pelle Merkedar Larsen and Tudor Paul Thoma from Tencent Cloud. Tencent is a publicly traded company focused on bringing high quality and engaging internet services and entertainment to its users. Tencent Cloud wants to provide web three friendly cloud services for providers. They are also pro sponsors for the world's first staking summit powered by Staking Rewards in Lisbon, Portugal on the 8th of November this year. Pelle is the director of Web3 Business Development and Partnerships in Europe. Before he joined Tencent, he worked for Microsoft and led business development for cloud and AI in Western Europe. He was also part of the task force responsible for rolling out various blockchains on Azure services from 2016 onwards, working with partners and customers to pilot. Tudor works as a cloud solution architect. He has a lot of experience in this field and before Tencent has built enterprise cloud solutions at CloudReach. Today, we are going to talk about why cloud providers are an important layer for staking providers and how Tencent wants to expand the diversity of cloud services. Pell and Tudor, welcome to the Staking Mondays. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you started out of education to where you are now. Should I go first? Uh, so, um, yeah, I uh, graduated as a lawyer, um, actually, and uh, got into the, the internet sort of early around uh, dot-com era. Um, found it more interesting on the business side than, uh, uh, than, than sort of the pure legal side. Um, so um, I did a couple of projects already in the, in the space while I was studying, and then sort of it was a gradual transition, basically. And um, I started out as a consultant, then I did an MBA, then I worked a few years in, uh, in marketing, um, moved to strategy and business development, um, always around the internet um, and, and working for telcos like Vodafone. Um, and here I really worked on, on sort of launching internet businesses. Um, so I think most notably, uh, I'm uh, one of the co-founders of uh, an online-only uh, mobile operator in the Netherlands called um, Holland's New, which is today also still part of uh, Vodafone's business there. Um, and basically after some 10 years, then I decided to move back to tech proper. Uh, and I joined Microsoft in uh, Singapore where I was at that time. And uh, from there, I started leading business development for cloud and AI products. Um, and that was basically in uh, emerging markets focused. And um, like Africa, LATAM, uh, Eastern Europe. And uh, there, among others, uh, I ended up working with the, the blockchain product team. Uh, so building uh, um, uh, blockchain services on Azure. And basically that's around then when I got hooked onto the blockchain space. And then fast forward and here I am now. And you, Tudor? Hi. So I guess it started uh, immediately after college. I had no break from the learning and uh, I started to work as a network engineer. Um, I, I actually worked for uh, like five, six years for uh, Allied Helices and Cisco partners. So I was very into the networking field, core net networking. And uh, right around uh, 2010, I actually started more in sysadmin virtualization and cloud concepts because obviously it was when it uh, 
all started. Uh, so my previous, my, my, my next jobs uh, and my past experiences since then are only in this uh, field. So with Huawei, with Orange, with Vodafone, and my latest one with CloudReach, and obviously now in Ten Tencent Cloud, but essentially doing uh, the, the same thing, uh, going uh, into cloud uh, business. Yeah. And uh, when did you two first go into crypto, let's say, with your own purse? When did you first buy any crypto? And more importantly, when did you start staking, if you did already? <laughs> That's a good good one. Uh, so um, I got introduced to the, the blockchain space about uh, 2015 uh, or so while I was in, uh, in Singapore. Um, and this sort of, uh, after sort of, getting uh, into it uh, and and my wife uh, listened to my sermons about how this is going to change the internet um, and uh, then then um, I didn't really know how uh, basically that was quite clear um, but uh, she bought me a book on uh, ethereum um, which is uh, written by Henning uh, Diedrich who was back then the IBM liaison to the ethereum foundation um, and and uh, that was really a great eye-opener for me to smart contracts and, uh, and dApps, basically. And then um, shortly after that, I had a fortune to attend a talk um, by Vitalik, actually. And, and it was kind of crazy because uh, that was uh, really in the early days. Um, there was maybe like 30 people in the room. Um, there was a bunch of guys from uh, some of the, the, the larger exchanges some of the other uh, protocols and startups in the space. And then there was a couple of random interested people like uh, myself, basically. Um, and, and that was really when I was hooked. And then I started uh, attending uh, crypto events. Um, and, and then I also started investing. And my first investments was in Ethereum. Um, so uh, of course, after that, that start, basically. Um, yeah, that's that's a funny story. I, I actually had uh, I got introduced very very early on, so I actually heard about it uh, on launch, uh, so end of uh, 2009, and 2010 I actually mined Bitcoin with my laptop uh, in my spare time, uh, and yeah, guess what? As most of people who were early investors, let's say, or miners. Uh, I actually sold un un unreasonably uh, early and low. So, but that actually got, uh, got stuck with me, and um, yeah, um, I, I continued. I continued to uh, to be interested in the in the space. I was around uh, about the uh, ICO of Ethereum, which seemed like uh, the next gen uh, blockchain. And since then, I also got hooked in the ICO space. Uh, and it's, it's like this. Uh, I've learned a lot uh, about blockchain, about the technologies, and obviously the promises you know, of, of the ICOs. So I, I actually participated in some of them, like Binance and Zilliqa and Icon and others. So um, yeah, I've been, I've been around uh, for, for a while. I've been working also on some tra trading bots and um, yeah, some some scripts trying to predict the market are obviously uh, not not uh, not accurate, um, but also yeah I've I've fiddled uh, slightly with smart contracts. So yeah, um, since since then I'm um, let's say more or less 
in, invested as well, not only uh, in, in terms of uh, fi financial investment, but also in terms of, of time. So I'm doing also a lot of staking, delegated and solo. Uh, I'm doing um, also some, let's say, uh, li liquidity pools on uh, Uniswap, on Zilswap on, and others. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be active as much as possible in, in the space. And then, uh, when did you first stake? Um, I think before the staking, there was this concept. I'm not sure if uh, you remember. It was called masternodes, uh, and uh, they were a sort of a you know you deposit a collateral. Based on the collateral, you receive some something back if the masternode is active. So this was around around um, 2015. So I, I I guess around that time. Because then, uh, you know, the, the real concept of proof of stake got a bit more uh, crystallized over the, the years. So, yeah, it's uh, somehow it, uh, it it went from the masternode idea to the proof of stake. Yeah, I, I, I tried since the beginning, uh, not all so successful, but I, I mainly staked uh, on uh, Cosmos, on uh, Keep Network, uh, Bluzel, if I remember. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and on Ethereum as, as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, moving more towards Tencent uh, and your role there, what you have in mind with the company. I think uh, our watchers uh, and audience will be super interested in what's going on there as since you're moving into the market. So why is Tencent Cloud going into Web3? I'll take that one, um, I think. so. There's, I think there's two sides to it. Uh, so if we look first, basically, where is uh, Tencent going as such? And uh, so, um, and, and based on, you can say, what our experiences are so far. Uh, so Tencent has been around in this, uh, in this space and Web3 for a long while in, um, in China, where we have our roots, obviously. And so we have built a lot of experience building blockchain uh, solutions, uh, both sort of enterprise consortium chains. Um, and uh, we're also behind uh, so supporting some of the largest um, uh, NFT platforms that you have in, in the space as well. Um, and um, we've also built uh, solutions for, for some of the largest exchanges out there. Um, so um, ranging also uh, so we're covering basically a lot of the layers also working all the way um, to, uh, um, to, to then basically there was sort of on and off, we would say, um, that, that we had these engagements. And uh, so in parallel with that, then um, we have this vision as, uh, of um, what's called immersive convergence, which you can think of as our version of the metaverse um, that was outlined by our founder and CEO. Um, and that sort of has crystallized also in, in parallel. And about 10 months ago or so, the leadership really started discussing, like, should we invest more directly into the Web3 space um, and form a dedicated Web3 effort um, also inside Tencent Cloud? And so um, that's basically what we did in September, launched it as a, as a global effort um, and uh, is is, is basically now early days in terms of a bet on, uh, on, on the space as a vertical. You can see it basically at the, at the same level um, as, as 
any other industry like banking or finance or manufacturing or whatever. So Web3 is actually elevated to that status within uh, Tencent Cloud now. Um, and then, so the, the other side of it is, um, so having built uh, all of these internet and consumer experiences uh, for a while on Tencent Cloud, powering basically Tencent's uh, solutions, much in the same way that you can say Amazon built cloud in order to drive its retail experiences. Um, so we actually have a lot of experience uh, in, in building that. And we have a lot of assets that, um, that can be used now, basically in terms of building the metaverse, um, of which Web3 is a key element, right, um, as well. So first of all, like we are a major resource provider. We have uh, data centers, we have compute power, um, so we have storage, and basically we can we can contribute to um, to the compute power overall. So therefore, you can also do uh, staking, you can do staking pools, uh, etc. Um, and and so if we look at Web three, then you can also see it. You know, that it's a decentralized web of applications. Um, and so we really saw the opportunity of helping to build this uh, this this new universe. And um, because we have built for ourselves, we now also in the position that we can help others uh, speed up basically entering that space. So, so summarizing it, you basically see, we saw the opportunity, like we can, we can help people make it easier and faster to develop uh, Web3 experiences and make them interactive. Um, we can help further the decentralization um, by introducing more infrastructure alternatives um, into the space. Um, and that's something I think we'll come back to basically um, around centralization um, as a sort of an issue. And um, we can make it a safer space uh, also overall. Um, so I think it's clear that a lot of people are working on, uh, on, on sort of creating a better UI and more security in order to bring uh, Web3 more mainstream. So I would say that summarizes it. Mm -hmm. So then uh, digging a little bit deeper on it, uh, what exactly are you building and for whom are you building it? At Tencent Cloud. Yeah, I guess, um, so So I guess I would start with um, for whom are we building it? Because um, in the Web3 space, you have various players from uh, infrastructure layer to up to application layer, right? So in order to provide this end user experience, you obviously need uh, this uh, blockchain inf infrastructure to exist. Um, so the first, I would say the first category that we we uh, build for is the node operators. Uh, so we want to be part of the, let's say the node pool for, for the large public chains, first of all, and uh, con contribute to decentralization. And obviously our services want to help these node operators or node, uh, let's say partners, staking partners, uh, and uh, we will provide the infrastructure for them and infrastructure services. So not only pure compute, pure uh, storage, but also uh, that's, uh, that pool of tools and images and everything else. Then the next category that I would say uh, is important for us, uh, as Pele mentioned, uh, is actually the application builders, right? So actually for, uh, they are the developers on the uh, on the web free. And uh, here I would say that uh, in the area of tooling, in the area of DevOps, of application development environments, 
uh, as well as uh, in the in the direction of partnering with um, with various companies here to provide these tools. Um, yeah, and we also are trying to as much as much as possible to learn from um, the services that we provide in China. And uh, in in China, actually, this uh, let, let's say this metaverse uh, service pool is a bit more developed. Um, so we do have there the managed consortium uh, blockchains. Uh, they are available as a service, as a managed service. Uh, we have all sorts of uh, upper layer uh, managed services as uh, decentralized uh, identities or platforms for NFTs or for building. Uh, NFTs, you know, for, for minting or all sorts of uh, asset building and man management for uh, metaverse. And yeah, we want to also have this end user service stack that is available for uh, for the public uh, chains. Uh, and obviously, there's uh, you know there's a lot to uh, a lot of room to grow here. I, I hope that answers the question. Mm -hmm. Then uh, what? specific issues and problems did you see in the market and how do you want to solve them? Right. Um, if I can take this, uh, this one too. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of challenges here, uh, starting with the obvious ones, uh, like, uh, you know, the security of the whole space, um, you know, the Perma, uh, the permanent fear of crypto jacking, of scams, of rug pulls, of not investing your development time where you should, uh, of uh, creating the uh, de decentralized apps on the wrong chain, etc. Et uh, to uh, you know more, um, let's say inf infrastructure challenges like for staking nodes, which uh, includes, for example, the delivery. Of, uh, of of a staking node or a, or a node in the net network because it requires experience not only with the system itself but also with running the infrastructure with securing the infrastructure as well as the cost of running that uh, staking node um, yeah fear of slashing for example due to uptime or due, due to availability of service and yeah um, in in general uh, the big ch challenge here, since Ethereum went uh, to proof of stake, uh, the big challenge is to keep Ethereum as a public blockchain, which has, you know, the first uh, rule, let's say, uh, as uh, decentralization. Uh, so the, the fear is now not to uh, have Ethereum being so centralized because most of the people are delegating instead of, uh, of, of having so, then spreading this um, uh, delegation on top of more pl platform what would make sense. So these are kind of the, the, ch the challenges. Also, the, the fact that uh, in terms of developers, uh, it's also a bit, uh, a bit hard to get into the Web3 concept, right? You, uh, you always have a mess uh, in terms of tools, in terms of which chain to start with, uh, you know, which uh, there are a lot of questions, which SDK, for example. So, you know, we don't have a lot of past experience with Web3. It's a very new concept. People are learning now. So we, we want to be also in the space where we uh, help by uh, pre-building some services, by offering a bit and increasing the level of, of adoption 
uh, especially for development in, in this space. So again, from infrastructure, uh, from this decentralization to pro to providing an environment for uh, for application development. Then maybe uh, Pelle, if you could drill down a little bit deeper into how Tencent Cloud is contributing to decentralization now and how it can do in the future. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh so yeah i mean as you can hear from uh, from from tudor also like i think that is uh so one of the the sort of greatest challenges that you see uh, particularly in the ethereum universe um as well um so um i recently when uh, when uh, misari brought out some data also uh on this you could really see that if, if you look at the um the network of the ethereum network then it's it's uh highly concentrated um, so you've got like 70 percent of the ethereum nodes that are hosted in data centers um, and then if you look at that 70 percent then you have sort of four uh, providers that account for 81 percent um, of that also and and uh, if you look at uh, newer chains like uh, so uh, solana basically um, you have an even more centralized picture here so you've got like 95 percent of those are hosted in data centers and uh, you've got about 72% uh, of it, which are exactly the same providers that you had in the Ethereum space um, as well. So, uh, and, and I think also from a concentration of assets point of view also, like, um, so everyone is sort of more likely to mainstream getting into this and uh, delegate, uh, so their crypto assets basically, then you're gonna see even more uh, concentration also um, as well. So. So I think that's a big strategic question. Um, so how we can help is, is obviously we can help um, staking operators and um, uh, so expanding the geographic coverage um, and uh, offering them infrastructure alternatives. Uh, so that basically uh, reduces the risk um, overall um, and, and it helps you reduce the reliance also on few and, and uh, single uh, providers in, in the space. Um, I think going forward, uh, so as, um, as as Tudor also kind of alluded to, like we also there to uh, co-build um, products and services that will make it easier, more efficient uh, for staking operators to go about their business um, as well. And and obviously we are new here, and so that's where we are on the beginning of a learning journey. But uh, we are definitely. Uh, keen on on uh, inviting partnerships here also and, and that's something that we can talk about also um, a bit later okay so uh, on the most fundamental level uh, the, the case is that most of staking is happening in cloud uh, servers and uh, for these cloud servers you have basically four providers dominating the the industry right now and with tencent cloud there would be uh, a new alternative with yeah a lot of let's say experience from existing uh, operations. So uh, it, at least there's one additional uh, competitor there, you would say an, an, an additional service operator there. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and, and with, I would also put it right. Uh, so a philosophy of embracing this uh, fully and uh, going into the space also with, with partnership. Uh, so in mind and wanting to to further the space um, mm -hmm. as well. So I think when we uh, when we would sort of 
compare it maybe to uh, to to others that have um, that have sort of either been the default choice basically for for development um, as as well where uh, where there is maybe not so much of a uh, commitment to um, to to the space also. Got it. Then um, how is Tencent Cloud especially committed to Web three? Um, uh, like it says that it's Web three friendly. Yeah, uh, I think I can I can take that one also. And and so it's I think at this point in time, as we said, it's it's early days, right? So uh, this is more in terms of the the way that we. You can see it basically in terms of how I talked about it. It's aligned to our strategy. It's how we see the internet evolving, evolving into this. Uh, so Web3 powered metaverse where uh, you have decentralized ownership of, uh, of asset and identity um, and all those things that come with it um, as well. So we are fully committed to that vision. Um, and that means also that we are actively building for, uh, for Web3 and our product teams are uh, are already out there. And, and so we are talking to um, uh, Web3 developers in the space also on how we can support them better uh, than what, what they are now uh, being. So we, we clearly want to build dedicated products for Web3 developers um, as well. So in that sense, our attitude is Web3 friendly, right? Um, we also invite partners to come to us with requirements and we're more than happy to look at um, at co-building solutions uh, with with them for the specific challenges um, that they are facing also. And then if we sort of boil it down um, or go down basically also in terms of sort of pure infrastructure, we are also starting to do a number of things differently than other providers in the, in the space and investigating this a bit from ground up basically um, and look at uh, so how we can drive um, efficiencies and, and sort of new um, uh, new ways of configuring infrastructure, of uh, leveraging infrastructure also that can make us more efficient. Um, and uh, that through that also, we are also able to just um, say have a better environmental footprint. We can pass on some of those cost savings also to um, to developers in the in the market. On the en environmental footprint, is there uh, could a case be made for more ESG friendliness as well using Tencent Cloud? Uh, I think so. Yes. Uh, so at, at at this point in time, so um, specifically when we look at uh, the um, the energy efficiency, that uh, is is where basically. You know, if, if you me measure efficiency of a data center, you have something called the PUE uh, coefficient, which basically is, is a measure for like how much compute power you get um, out of a data center is a, uh, uh, compared to how much power, pure electricity power that, that you're putting into it. What does P uh, PUE stand for? So power usage um, efficiency. Hmm, got it. So... Um, so basically, that's a that's a that's a number that goes anywhere from uh, one to four, where basically one is the best and uh, four is you can say the worst. Uh, and and so where you look typically at uh, data centers, you are somewhere at an average of two to two and a half, 
um, all the way up to three in, uh, in, in some cases, basically. And so we have worked consistently to, uh, to reduce our, um, our, or increase our efficiency. And so our number has gone basically down from uh, starting already very good at 1.8 uh, to now being uh, 1.2 for uh, some of the, the newest um, data centers that we have, and, and we are working on improving that. So um, that I think is, is, is just alone basically compared to, to others. Um, and then I think in general, like you would, you would say that virtualization as a, as a technology is probably more uh, energy efficient than uh, than dedicated, uh, and and so therefore, like cloud is more environmental friendly from a from a footprint perspective. Mm -hmm. There are other things that you want to consider um, as as well, basically. But that that is uh, that is a fact. Maybe Tudor, could you walk us through which exact services and products you are offering, just to make it very uh, hands on and and clear for our listeners. Okay, uh, I, I assume for the whole Web3 space, right? Uh, yeah. Going through the, through the whole stack. Mm -hmm. uh, this might take a while. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's we're, we're offering, we're a uh, hyperscaler public cloud provider. Uh, so we, we obviously want to offer and to be present in this space as much as possible to offer the foundation uh, you know, the technological foundation for metaverse and web free apps. Uh, so here I'm, I'm talking in, in general, going from uh, lower layers of the stack to, uh, you know, highest layers where the, the actual app is being developed, the actual a API is posted and, you know, the, the application uh, is uh, used by the user. Uh, so here we, we have a very, very large spectrum and array of services that we can actually offer. Um, and yeah, for, for Metaverse, you know, the, the obvious ones are uh, things like, you know, the usage of uh, graphic cards to, uh, to produce, you know, the rendering of, of virtual worlds, of virtual assets as well. Um, you have the communication means and here we, we go from, you know, the simple uh, SMS, uh, email, uh, to more managed uh, services for media, so transmitting real-time or streaming the audio and the video. Um, you have also all sorts of services for, uh, uh, yeah, for, for managing the, uh, you know, the uh, distributed assets and the, the distributed tra traffic. And that, as an infrastructure for a, for a cloud provider, is 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 very important. And this is actually uh, the the idea behind also the decentralization, the the power of running your your app, uh, not not necessarily in one pixel location, but you know making use of uh, uh, yeah of the the existence of uh, multiple and glo global providers. Uh, so yeah, in, if if we go a bit in terms of let's say a lower layer yes we have uh, data centers we provide the you know the classical compute storage network uh, but uh, in, in tencent cloud we actually offer uh, a very large array of uh, com compute options you know from physical machine bare metal uh, to virtual machines containers dedicated hosts uh, to fu functions so they are based on multiple types of architectures uh, Classical x86 or ARMS or uh, yeah, the GPUs. So they are 
yeah, they're, they're available, you know, from console, from uh, CLI, scripted. So, you know, the, the classical way of deploying to the cloud infrastructure. And um, it's not only a computes uh, out there. So it's not running uh, like a, a VPS, a virtual private server, uh, which is an isolated instance consuming resources of a, of a machine. They are integrated instances with other services. So for, for example, with object storage, with blob storage, with you know, scaling groups and all sorts of services that provide and enhance the functionality of that compute. Okay, so um, for any use case that doesn't require pure access to resources, then a virtual machine with uh, a cloud of virtual machine would obviously uh, be of more use. And not to mention that it is an on-demand resource that you can turn on and off as you, as you please, you know, not by hand, but obviously in an automated way. So obviously makes very, very efficient use of the resources. Okay. Um, also, if if we stick in this space, um, you know, going a bit lower uh, down down the stack to uh, node operators. Um, so the node operators are always facing the same issue, uh, maintaining you know a, a cost per compute, and also uh, trying to scale and to enhance their services. So they are walking a fine line. Of, uh, of trying to match this, uh, these two worlds. So what we want to bring here is uh, we want to bring a, a, a suite of service that help the uh, staking of operators to enhance uh, and to obviously to, to improve this uh, balance, the, the ratio by providing, for example, things like um, pre-baked images for, uh, you know, for solos, for, uh, for popular chains by providing tools, for example, um, by providing a place where they can, um, you know, uh, share their service, like for, for example, a marketplace or to integrate into uh, one, one of our services. So there, there are a lot of ways for staking operators to actually work with public cloud providers and that's where we want to work and, and enhance this collaboration. Um, moving a bit up the stack, uh, so in, in terms of uh, decentralized apps uh, and Web3 apps, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, a concept that is uh, and has to be uh, cloud, na cloud native, right? Because uh, you, you want to have a development environment that you can spin in minutes you want to write a smart contract based on, on some SDKs, uh, which runs on some functions that you don't have to worry about, right? So as a developer, you don't want to uh, worry about these things, right? You want to create decentralized apps. You want to focus on the end user and the providing of, of that app. So as a, as a cloud provider, as a managed service provider that we are, uh, we, we want to work in these specific areas and provide the developers this means to create better apps. And uh, here comes all the suite of services that help the developers in public cloud, from security uh, to manage services as well, controlling the cost, controlling the environment, deployment, etc. Many, many uh, ways here to, to help them. Uh, also, we do have some, uh, let's say, some, some additions that are specific to blockchains, like, for example, the addition of uh, yeah, or the, man, the management of wallet keys as a managed service, so you don't have to, you know, every time to uh, to, to need the wallet. So if you want to test an app, you need a, 
let's say Bitcoin or an Ethereum wallet, you can create it very, very fast you know, in a managed way. Uh, you have a low level in, encryption that you, you can also apply. So uh, a lot of things that's, that they, that will, will help them. Um, going a bit in, in the direction of already built apps and um, yeah, and the, let's say the building blocks of the metaverse. Uh, here you, you go in the areas that I mentioned before of uh, creating and using the parallel processing and the compute to create the metaverse, right? So to, to render uh, assets, to render worlds, to render uh, all, all sorts of items there. And this, this computing power has to be on demand, right? Uh, you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how many companies in this world can afford to actually purchase uh, tens or hundreds of GPUs just to render once or twice or you know one 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 time a month. So obviously this is a concept that has to be an on-demand type. And there are so many uh, you know uh, similar uh, use cases for uh, for G GPUs. So that is also a service that we provide in all the regions. Um, also in, in terms of media, so our media services are among the, the, the best in the world. So uh, we we have a public rec recognition that. Our implementation, for for example, of uh, transcoding codecs is uh, uh, always uh, in uh, on, on the first, uh, let's say, three uh, in the world, and this is uh, this is something that our company has invested a lot in. And, and Pele, I think, already mentioned that we've we've actually taken the extra step to uh, uh, take this, you know, and and implement it. So here, I would say that. Uh, it, it makes sense to also have the media services on uh, on the list because they are they are very important and yeah uh, all sorts of um, let's say large array of services you know from services that are dedicated for ga gaming for example uh, because gaming uh, in the let's say in the metaverse is a, a huge part and uh, not talking here only about the classical gaming but also uh, you know the cloud rendering, cloud cloud gaming that uh, that we have so much experience with. Yeah, and um, you know that's that's basically just a, a, a bit of a scratch of the surface in terms of offerings. Um, behind the things that I told you, there is a large suite of services. You know, uh, from basic ones to, for example, content distribution that is very important and where Tencent Cloud is actually a, a, a leader here. Uh, yeah, so I, I hope this uh, answers the question. Hmm. And then uh, when you are looking to enter the space uh, offering cloud services to staking providers, could you walk our audience through how you see the landscape uh, of major markets, let's say uh, North America, Europe and so on? Who are the competitors? Uh, what are the problems you're facing when you try to enter the market and, and what's your approach to win the market? So uh, I'm asking it in a way that you walk us through the map, the mental map that you have of the staking cloud services world. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's try to do this also briefly. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, we are in the beginning as well uh, of it as well. So by no means does this mean that like this is this is our view um, and uh, it is formed on the hypothesis that that uh, say that we have formed um, as well. So um, I, I would put it this way that um, 
if we look at the uh, so the, the, the top 50 list basically um, so we see that uh, if, if we rank them by uh, by AUM basically assets under, under management uh, also by value then we see that it's dominated by uh, US and uh, European companies so you basically have your top five which are either uh, large US global uh, companies um, that it's a coming from exchange uh, background uh, or, or uh, so Chinese founded as in the case of Binance um, that also obviously is, is the largest uh, staking provider now um, and then you sort of get outside of that and you have the next 10 of those are basically predominantly uh, European uh, founded and, and European um, focused also with a view to, to now globalize. So uh, and, and and so like there's a few basically outside of that which which are uh, Korean or from Singapore basically so um, inside there. But but the picture that emerges is is kind of that like, this is our picture that that the Europe and the US in in some regards uh, so are more mature markets if you can talk about that in this context um, uh, also. And uh, we have sort of um, Asia that, that is emerging here, um, actually. Um, and then that actually to us is an interesting situation because uh, so we think that there, like, there is an opportunity for, uh, for European and, and US players to go to this uh, nascent market where arguably you have a lot of uh, potential for, um, for assets coming into uh, uh, so crypto and, and digital assets, basically. Um, and there is definitely also an appetite for that um, also. But for various reasons, then uh, the, uh, so the, the market is not yet as developed. So we think that, so being strong in, in Asia, particularly uh, from, uh, from our background, basically, that we have a potential here to um, to work with uh, some of these uh, so with the U.S. and European companies, um, and leverage the strengths that we have in in uh, in Asia also um, to to go to market uh, potentially um, uh, together there um, also. Um, so and and if we look at it from a uh, like from an infrastructure uh, point of view, so that that's sort of that's the asset view, right? And if you look at it from the infrastructure point of view, also like um, we see a spectrum of approaches uh, in in the market. So as I said, like we we started uh, talking to um, a number of uh, of people in the space, um, and we see really the spectrum ranging from sort of bare metal purists uh, on 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 one side. I want nothing between me and the machine, uh, and um, having spent time basically on, uh, on on working through configuration very deeply and having a very fine-tuned operation that they now basically want to uh, uh, to keep and there's always risk right in, involved in changing your infrastructure setup and then uh, it, it spans over basically to to more hybrid approaches that we've seen where you are also more embracing cloud for specific uh, purposes where um, where it, it, it makes sense um, basically uh, and then all the way in, into uh, where you have people that fully have embraced uh, cloud and are basically looking at uh, containerization and uh, very quick deployment of 
um, of nodes on different clouds uh, and, and basically reducing the risk by being multi-cloud and being as mobile uh, so as, as you are basically right in, in that situation also. So, um, so, so a bit like our working hypothesis is, is also that um, there's a level of maturity also in coming into the market that is reflected here. Uh, and some of the conclusion that people made about uh, cloud perhaps in the past were sort of based on facts that are changing and that um, I would also put it as that we are changing also. So we are, um, as, as Tudor has alluded to, like we are doing things differently than other cloud providers. We are beginning with that um, as well. And so we are also inviting uh, so people in the space uh, to rethink basically or at least have a second look at cloud based on uh, um, so the data that we can put on the table also and, and the alternative that we present um, because some of the assumptions that they made about uh, what cloud is basically uh, may not be quite uh, correct anymore in that sense right um, also um, and and through our some of our uh, work also with um, with leading operators we have some early verification uh, so of that we are on the right track um, as well um, so, so that I think is, is sort of the, the summary of, um, of, of how we, we see it right now. Mm -hmm. Then, um, are there major different, maybe to, to make things more clear to users by contrast, are there major differences to other cloud providers like Hetzna or AWS? Maybe Tudor, you can take that. Yeah, I, I actually uh, get this question a lot. Uh, and yeah, I mean, in, in, in general, there's in, in essence, there's uh, no difference if you're going for pure resources, right? So if, if you go for, uh, you know, just the compute, uh, if you are in the staking business, then obviously, you know, price will make a difference. Localization will make a difference, and maybe features here, 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 and there. But obviously, you know, they, they all pro provide more or less the same thing. Uh, if we talk about you mentioned uh, Hetzner, I, I, I think it's mainly you know on uh, a bare metal auction <laughs> site. So they're yeah they're they're more in the business of reselling you know very very close to hardware you know, and so they also have some additional services. So. I, I wouldn't necessarily compare that with a public cloud provider, which runs more or less, let's say, most of the business runs on, you know, virtualized instances. And um, if if we go now back to, uh, you know, the uh, reasons, you know, um, why why should you use a cloud provider and not Hetzner? Uh, I would say that there are many reasons, you know, to to actually use because. Um, Unlike with bare metal, it's much easier to commission and decommission workloads on a cloud provider. It's much easier to, uh, you know, to, to uh, take other services and to, uh, like, you know, the advantages of a cloud provider, you know, distributed infrastructure, scalability, uh, you know, a full layer of security. So, um, you know, these, these are advantages that uh, for, for most of people matter. And unless you want, as Pelle said, you know, to be uh, very purist in terms of access to resources, then obviously cloud is, is the way to go. Uh, yeah, so um, 
the way we differentiate and the way we want to be differentiated is the fact that uh, you know we've we've taken a step into as a cloud provider to actually make uh, upfront investments into developing uh, cloud business for Web3. Uh, so we, we want to provide this, uh, this suite of services that actually uh, serves the different layers, right? So even though, uh, you know, uh, companies like, uh, you know, pure bare metal pro providers might be cheap, cheaper for uh, pure hardware, uh, you know, we, we want to provide at higher level service that actually make makes more more sense for the development of, of space. So here we, uh, yeah, we, we are basically in, in all the all the areas, uh, and that's that's how we want to be di differentiated by uh, by the others. Pelle, you mentioned that one approach to entering the market is partnerships, and that you're actively looking for that. Uh, are there some partnerships that you can already share something about? For example, stake providers already using your services. Uh, that's a good one. Um, so. Yes, uh, like uh, it, it, as I mentioned, like this is very clearly uh, for for us um, a, a long-term commitment, um, and so we are in this space also to uh, to learn, and, um, and and we are beginning basically through uh, through partnerships the best, um, and we are actually like uh, doing really well, I would say, in terms of reaching out and in terms of getting conversations. So we are uh, talking to several of the, the the sort of top 50 operators um, that um, uh, that I mentioned, um, and, and in total since September we're probably uh, talking to about 50 partners uh, by now. So it's it's a young initiative, basically a bit over a month, um, uh, but uh, we, we see a lot of traction. Um, and uh, we have actually recently um, partnered with a uh, top 20. Um, validator um, as well, who has uh, well over a billion um, in digital assets uh, that, that is locked across uh, several networks. Um, I can't mention uh, uh, any names, um, but we are basically now uh, helping them with um, with the topics that we talked about before. So, how do we drive uh, decentralization? Um, how do we help them automate their operations, uh, leverage uh, cloud in, 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 in the ways that you can? Um, and uh, how are we also helping them secure the infrastructure um, as well, leveraging um, some of the uh, experiences and, and sort of assets that, that we have built um, also? And uh, as, as basically any infrastructure operator, as I mentioned, like, you know, you, you want to be careful about making changes uh, also to that. Um, so this actually has been uh, ongoing, like going on for, for a while that uh, they have been testing our solutions and we've been working with them um, for a while before they made this uh, decision also um, to, to build on uh, Tencent Cloud also. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's an early indicator uh, to, um, uh, to us also, but we see it as a clear validation that uh, we are on the right path and that we are doing things um, that uh, that that uh, resonate with uh, with the market um, so you only started last month uh, what are your plans for the next half year and milestones 
So milestones, I, I guess uh, we want to focus a bit on the staking market. Um, so that's that being said, we want to focus on partnerships. Uh, we want to focus on creating this, uh, uh, these services that I already mentioned. So, you know, like pre-baked images for solo staking for various chains, uh, you know, nodes, node images. And uh, they, they, they will be, let's say, uh, first steps into, into the space. And um, also, uh, we are uh, receiving a lot of, uh, let's say, requests and signals that um, the staking operators need a bit more tools in the data analytics. Uh, so so we, we would definitely go, go there because uh, the moment that you have one node, it's, you, know, you want to see some uh, metrics there. The moment you, you have a thousand nodes and a thousand users, it becomes uh, a data issue, right? So it's very, very hard to get through the the data. So we, we want to develop some tools in this space that uh, the staking operators can use out of the box. Let's see, uh, that's, we're working with the pro product team, that's our goal. And um, also, uh, you know, the, in, in, in parallel, we will also develop some uh, tools for, uh, for developers uh, of Web3 apps. Once you have the infrastructure, once you have the partnerships there, it will be uh, sort of easier to create those environments for Web3 devs. All right. Uh, since I only have you for a limited amount of time, let's jump into our favorite questions that we ask all our guests. Uh, first off, tell us about some of your early mentors. Who shaped your career? Mm. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I would say for my part is uh, quite a few to, uh, to to mention also. Like I would say I've had managers who gave me a lot of freedom um, and at the same time provided the right support of uh, support and, and enablement. Um, but actually since I mentioned it, um, so uh, one of my only big influences was uh, my board sponsor at, uh, when I was at Vodafone in the Netherlands, um, uh, Anagati. And uh, she was at that time uh, so uh, a director for the entire online uh, business as well. And um, so that was basically when, when I was was in part of the strategy team and uh, and, and exploring um, the this uh, the space of cloud and uh, how you can virtualize uh, the telco operations as well. And so she. Uh, basically brought me to agile development, um, which I then also used for for the project, and out of that came uh, Holland's new as well. So I think that that like she was a very big influence uh, on, on on my career, not only from a sort of technology perspective, but also really from a management um, and, and sort of perspective also. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. And now on books, what are some of your favorites? And what are you reading right now? Tudor, you want that one? Yeah, um, I'm doing a lot of uh, online re reading, let's say. Uh, but in, in terms of physical books, uh, I'm, I'm reading not a lot, but when I, when I have time a bit away from, uh, from all this, uh, I, I go in a different area. So I'm, I'm quite interested in the geopolitical uh, topics. So my latest one is actually a very good book that I re recommend by Tim Marshall called Prisoners of Geography, which gives uh, a very good, let's say, insight uh, 
to visualize why the world is shaped uh, as it is today and explains most of the actions of uh, <laughs> that we see today have happening in uh, in politics so very very interesting one yeah mm -hmm. What sort of advice would you give a recent college grad who's interested in a career in technology, cloud computing, a Web3 or staking? Should I take that one? Okay. Uh, yeah, I can I, at least, so part of it uh, also. Um, so so I would say really that uh, it's it's common thing that I, I meet also with uh, with people is that they are sort of very modest and uh, and say like, well, you know, what can I contribute to the space also? And um, uh, and, and I think that's that's really, it's, it's a shame actually, right? Because um, as uh, um, I learned at Microsoft and uh, Sachin Nadella basically said that uh, our industry does not respect uh, tradition, it only respects um, innovation. And I think that's really, uh, so that's very true. And, and technology is a unique space that you can come in with a fresh perspective on things, um, uh, on it also, and, 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 and you, you build something uh, and in a short space of time, you can actually have an impact and you can also uh, uh, say, um, change things considerably from, from where they are now. Um, and so we actually, if we look at the entire uh, DeFi ecosystem. I think that's a great example of that, right? It's it's a multi-billion uh, industry. Well, you know, yes, it shrank by 50% from where we were in spring uh, to, to where we are now, but um, it's still a multi-billion dollar industry. And um, in, in many respects, it is still also a very relevant challenger to uh, traditional finance models uh, that, that you have out there. And most people in this space are newcomers. They came with, uh, you know, ideas, energy to build something new, um, and and uh, I think that, you know, that that shows also that uh, it is not uh, sort of years of experience uh, in, in of doing the same necessarily that uh, that that is valued in, in technology. And to graduates already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because uh, the question is like, if graduates already watch this stream, I think it's already like half step there. You know, they're already in the right right place. Like my my advice always, uh, you know, is to learn coding. Uh, coding is uh, let's say <clears throat> not so complicated. I don't want to use the word easier because it's not easy, uh, but it's less complicated today than ten years ago. Fifty years ago, so you have some so much more you know resources. So it's actually not that hard, and uh, that helps you in your life, in your thoughts, in your career uh, to to know you know the that. So yeah, that's my advice. I totally agree. Totally agree. This is like the two things that come together basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. What what do you know about the world of crypto and staking today that you wish you knew? um back then when you started out Tudor, you want to go with that one buy low sell, sell high <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i yeah i mean there are a lot of things right uh and you you always uh, tend to uh, underestimate uh this space and that is maybe every person's biggest mistake to underestimate the power of uh, you know joint work joint collaboration and especially when it comes with uh, an incentive right because pe people work on incentives and 
staking idea is uh, based on incentives and rewards. So obviously this, uh, this space was clearly, you know, much more than, uh, than it used to be. So, yeah, I, I, I wish may, maybe five years ago when, when it start, started, you know, I wish I, I knew a bit more and may, maybe go a bit earlier into, into the space. Uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts. All right, closing it off here. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you, let's say a staking provider or anybody else who wants to follow you? I can take that one. Uh, so, um, yeah, as we, we said, we will be a pro sponsor um, at the staking summit. So if you are there, uh, come grab us um, and, and have a chat, basically. Um, we will also be at uh, Token 2049 in uh, London, uh, so in the, in the following days, basically. So um, if you are there, that's another chance. And we will also have a booth there, so you can just walk by. Um, otherwise, uh, you can, you're, you're free to look up. Uh, so us, uh, on, on the internet, you can uh, look up uh, myself or, or Tudor uh, on LinkedIn. Um, which is, uh, you know, so another way also, we are more than happy to, to have a chat. Great. Thank you, Pelle and Tudor for being so generous with your time. We have been speaking with Pelle Merkadal, Larsen and Tudor Paul Thoma from Tencent Cloud. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to check out on any of the previous episodes on Spotify and YouTube and subscribe to our channel for all future episodes. We love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can write us at mondays at stakingrewards.com. Sign up to a state of stake newsletter at newsletter.stakingrewards.com. And follow me on Twitter. That's uh, Rokifehu. That's R-O-K-I-F-E-H-U. And our team at Staking Rewards. Come visit us and the who's who of the staking industry live at the world's first staking summit, 8th of November in Lisbon, Portugal, sponsored by Tencent. Go to stakingrewards.com slash summit and get your tickets now. I'm Marian Walter. You've been listening to the Staking Mondays podcast here on Staking Rewards for Pella, Tudor and the audience. Thanks for tuning in.